In today's episode, we're speaking once again to Douglas Vermeeren, who has personally interviewed over 700 top flying entrepreneurs and himself is a producer and director of the four of the top 10 personal development movies ever made and now the hit film How Thoughts Become Things. Douglas is also a featured author, a best-selling author, and has been featured on Fox, CNN, ABC, to name but a few. His trainings and programs share strategies on how to connect with high-level achievers and expand your network to grow your business. His award-winning entrepreneur and wealth training programs have been rated among the best in the world. And today, he's going to be talking to us about how you can go from zero to millionaire within 24 months. How? Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And once again, we have the amazing, the genius, the, my God, fountain of all knowledge, <laughs> Doug Vermeeren. Welcome, Doug. Hey, good to be with you. And boy, no pressure. Wow, you made me sound <laughs> extremely smart. <laughs> well, there are very few people who I think are super, super smart, and that's not that's not me being unmodest, but seriously, because I, I do. You have blown me away with our previous conversations. I couldn't wait to have you back. So, Doug, in your own words, please tell us what it is that you do. <laughs> wow, that's always one that I struggle with. It's funny because um, even my mother can't explain it to people what I do. Nobody and, can explain uh, what I can do to it. Nobody can explain what I do either. So yeah, it's a commonality. So, so I own several businesses, but I also teach and coach a lot of people on their way to financial freedom. Um, I'm also the producer of four of the top personal development films. And um, yeah, we, we also uh, work with a lot of people looking to build their, um, their enterprise as, as coaches and speakers. But really, mostly, I think uh, the thing that I'm known for is the media calls me the modern day Napoleon Hill for my interviews into wealth and finance with more than 400 of the world's top business leaders, but over 700 self-made millionaires as well. So yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so just, just I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to be talking to Doug about the steps, so steps to becoming a millionaire in the next 24 months. Now he made his this um, a statement on a Friday feature saying, you know, if you follow his steps, that there are, you know, the, the average um, time required to become a millionaire is, is around 24 months. And I thought, well, I'm going to hold him to it and ask us to give a step-by-step system, which can take someone starting today to becoming a millionaire in 24 months. So that, you know, tell us, why do you think it's 24 months? Because that seems like, I know for a fact that that's true because of my experience with working entrepreneurs and I work with a lot of six and seven and eight um, figure entrepreneurs now. But for the average person, that's a quite stark, um, you know, stats in 24 months. Can I really become a million in 24 months? Can you explain that a little bit, please? Well, the interesting thing is, is, uh, you know, it, it's not really my laws or my opinion or my, mm-hmm. my rules. It's just the way that things are in our current environment and economy. Right. And if you think about how many of these people are making money, the one big thing that has changed everything for us is technology. 
Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not saying that you have to go start a website or even drop ship or sell things online. I mean, you can do that. That's great, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're welcome to do that. But the reality is, is just the idea of the internet has changed how money is is transferred into hands so quickly. It's just it made everything accessible. In fact, even if I look back when I was 19 and I started this whole effort of becoming a millionaire, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a little bit older. So they didn't have the internet way back when I was doing this in the late, late 90s. It wasn't really a thing yet. Mm. And so if, for example, if I had to go buy a real estate property or if I wanted to buy a business or if I wanted to find customers, it generally required some forms of in-person meetings. I would have to go and I'd have to spend time with someone knee to knee face to face. And so I think that that's probably the biggest change that I've seen um, shift. The other thing I think that's also kind of a big, big deal that's maybe different is that we now have access to more information and opportunities than ever before. Mm -hmm. So the reality is, is there's only five areas that money is ever made in, and that's business, real estate, investment, intellectual properties, or your community or your networks. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. But if I wanted to participate in any of those, let's just even say real estate, because that's Mm -hmm. a a super example. A lot of people are involved in that. Um, I would have to do a lot of hustle and legwork. I'd be Mm -hmm. at the public library or I'd be visiting open houses and all mm. these things. And tell you the truth, nowadays, um, I've done it. Maybe others here have done it. I bought real estate without even looking at it. And I've also found and been able to assign a contract without ever even looking at the property and even even going in person. I've done DocuSign documents online. So mm. here's the deal is I basically was able to look at a property, buy the property, have the property transferred on name, everything else. And I still haven't left in front of my computer. Mm. And then I've even sold the property and made the profit that took my bank account. And, and I haven't seen or talked to anybody in person, not even mm. by the phone. So mm. it's, it's a strange world that we live in, but it's, it's dramatically wonderful. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing that I think is also incredible. In fact, I was chatting with a friend of mine not too long ago, who's um, a multimillionaire as well. And he also said that the one thing about, the internet, it's made our world so small yeah. that um, there is also room for anybody and anything, meaning that it used to be that if you've got some crazy idea for a business, um, you might never get a chance to, to create it because it's just so weird, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got something really weird here. No one's ever going to be interested in that. Well, the reality is, is now with the internet, I can find a thousand people in the globe that actually are weird, just like me. So I can, I can find those people and I can connect with them. Whereas in before the likelihood of finding them is really crazy. Like you heard it said six degrees of separation, yep. not anymore. I think it's like one or two. In fact, wow, okay. what's really interesting is maybe shifting for a second here on this. When I was 19, as you know, I went out and I started interviewing the 400 of the world's top business leaders. Mm. And I could get to everybody. I got to Richard Branson and Oprah Winfrey. And yeah, I even got to Donald Trump. I got to all these people. And what I found back then, it was a lot of getting on the phone, trying to get past gatekeepers, mm-hmm. finding out you know, who I needed to talk to, finding this immediate connection. And sometimes I'll be honest, it was a lot more than six connections. Mm. But nowadays... Um, you know, uh, for example, uh, I'm f- really good friends with Chris Brown, who's one of the co-founders of Ted Baker. I'm friends with Joe Foster, who's the founder of Reebok. I'm friends with Brian Smith, who's the founder of Ugg Boots, mm-hmm. uh, co-founders of Kajabi, Travis Rose. They're all buddies of mine. But most of the time now when I'm meeting people, it's either a direct contact mm-hmm. or it's one person, maybe. Who knows mm-hmm. that? And I think that that has a lot to do with social media, maybe. 
Social um, media has, has changed the way we connect with people. It's, yeah, it's, it's really, yeah. really made everybody accessible. Yeah. And it's also eliminated a lot of gatekeepers, right? Yes. Yes, so, a lot, I mean, a lot, yeah. It, it was funny because normally, like, so for example, I was just um, messaging back and forth with Mark Randolph, who's one of the founders of Netflix, and, and I didn't have any gatekeepers. Mm. <laughs> I, just, I was able to get to him directly. And this mm. is the same for everything, business leaders, movie stars, anybody. It's, mm. it's crazy. So, yeah, I just, I think it's a lot easier to make money in this environment than ever before. And I expect it will get even easier. Okay. So, let's so see what so- happens. So let's talk about the steps then. So what would be the step-by-step guide? So what's, what would be the first step for someone starting out? And let, let's make it a bit more difficult for you. Let's talk, let's make it, yeah, I'm going to make it difficult for you. I'm going to give you, because um, my daughter asked me this question. So, because I'm teaching her, uh, you know, about building wealth and so forth, and she's 14. And, you know, but she understands the idea of salary and saving and all of that, right? Um, so when she looked at the movie, uh, this Netflix series I was talking about earlier on Made, and I did a podcast on Monday, and she said to me, Mom, what? how would she start? Because she is has no income, has yep. a two-year-old child, um, she has no, because, she, because of you know, financial abuse, um, she's had no income or any sort of financial, uh, you know, uh, any background at all for two years because her partner's been, you know, handling all the money. And she has uh, no qualifications either because she dropped out of college because she she fell pregnant with the baby. So I'm going to give you a really hard scenario because she asked me this and I was like, well, <laughs> I, I said to her, my quick answer was, well, she has to start somewhere and she has to start working as she was as made, but you have to just have a goal in mind. And I gave her another explanation, but I think you'll be much better. So I'm going to give you the yeah, exact well, scenario that my daughter gave me for someone like that. Let's, let's do a couple of things to start here. First of all, let me give you the three laws of what we call predictable millionaire. Okay. So people want to write these down. Number one, law number one is if others have done it, you can do it too. So if you think about from a prosperity consciousness point of view, this Mm -hmm. really has a lot to do with your beliefs and awareness. Agreed. Right. And some people actually don't believe even that first law is true. In other words, they say if others have done it, I can't do it. I've got a difficult situation. It's not possible, et cetera. That's a mindset thing. Yes. Yeah, it's a mindset thing. When I went, I interviewed the top achievers in the world for business and everything else. You'd be surprised how many of them came from a difficult background. Hmm. So we need to hold that truth. If others have done it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. And it comes back to this idea, you know, how people say not everybody ha- can be rich. Well, you know what? Not everybody has to be poor. Agreed. So can- I love that. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, I have to admit, I feel bad how I how I discovered that saying. I went to my high school reunion and um, one of the cars that I have is a Ferrari 360 Medina Spider. And, and I just drive it every day. I don't think about it. I, I'm not one of these guys that buys my car and then parks it in the showcase room. I drive it every day. It's my mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. And so I showed up at the high school reunion and one of my old schoolmates said, oh, yeah, not everybody can be rich. And I said that back. Well, not everybody has to be poor. You can decide. And he was kind of a bit miffed at me at the time. But of as we chatted, he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. So that's law number one. Mm-hmm. If others have done it, you can do it, too. You need to decide that you can do it, too. You really genuinely need to believe that. Law number two is if you follow, meaning patterns, mm-hmm. what others have done, you can do it, too. Success leaves clues. This is one thing we absolutely learned from the following hills. And and maybe one thing that I just want to share that is important to remember about this is that the reality is, is that there's many, many paths to becoming a millionaire. In fact, there's probably more than a million paths to become a millionaire. As I interviewed 700 of Mm. these millionaires to come up with this data, I found that there were very common things, but there were many different paths. 
And so this idea of, of being unique is important, mm-hmm. but I do want to share that it is easier. How do we say you, you hear so many people, these gurus who say you got to think outside the box. Well, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I, I think that you need to think inside the right box. That's what mm-hmm. you need. To and so you be unique inside the correct box. And I'll talk maybe a little bit more about what that means. So you follow the patterns that others have done and you can do it too. Mm-hmm. And now here's law three is that if you stay focused and committed to the path that others have used, and this is a challenge. So in other words, focus, you keep your eye on the prize of what you're trying to do. Because mm-hmm. as we talked about in an earlier podcast, immediate gratification, emotion, distractions, the shiny penny, ADD, mm-hmm. ADD, which is ADD in high definition, right? Those all take people away from creating wealth. Yep. So if you stay focused, you really got to stay focused on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that means when you go to the mall and there's that pair of shoes on sale, you've got to have the fortitude to say, no, I'd rather have my million down the road. Mm. Right. So that's important. But also that idea of committed, that has to do with the length of time. And the reality is, is when we say that right now, studies have demonstrated that the average person who really, again, gets focused can do this in about 24 months. Mm-hmm. You gotta remember, there's people that are going to do it a lot quicker. In fact, the fastest million that I ever saw from zero to a million was six minutes and 33 seconds from zero to a million. So there's people that will do it a lot quicker than two years, but there'll also be people who take longer to do mm-hmm. it years. And so even if you don't get to a million in two years, you've got to stay committed. Now, by the way, here's funny that I will tell you, we do a training called your first millions on the way. Mm -hmm. And what I find is people come in the door and, you know, they say, I I want to do a million. I want to do a million. And I'm like, okay, great. We'll see. We'll see. And I also sometimes ask people why, but anyways, that's another discussion. What I find is that say if someone is, uh, you know, the average American right now is doing around 40 to 50,000 a year. That's the average income. As soon as some of those people get up to about 200 or 300, mm-hmm. they actually lose sight of the goal of millionaire. They don't go any further because this is more money than they've ever had. And yeah. so it gets exciting and they're like, I don't need the million anymore. My mm-hmm. life has changed. And you know what? Maybe it has. But this idea of being committed, if you really want to become a millionaire, you've got to understand that it you know, gets to the next level. Like, so for example, um, <clears throat> one of the things that, uh, I've noticed. So to become a millionaire, it takes $2,739 a day. Okay. That's mm-hmm. what it comes up to mathematically. But most people, once they get to even an extra 300 to $500 a day, they start to slow down. Because if you think about even your daily habits, how mm-hmm. many people listening have actually spent $500 today? Mm-hmm. Right. So even $500 for most people is a massive life change. Yeah. So the reality is if it's just about the money, most likely you're going to slow down before you get to that wealth. Right? Well, I think, I think the, the, there's, a, there's a deeper issue with that because I talk about something yeah. called the financial thermostat. If you, are, if, you're, if you are stuck in your parents' paradigm, then you are in your old patterns. Remember, the, the thing, the benefit that you had, you changed your environment. You yes. got mentors and you had all these people around you. So that expanded your vision of what's possible for you. And thereby, their energy sort of intermingled in yours. And therefore, you're able to expand your and increase your financial thermostat. If the average person is not doing that, their idea of additional $1,000 a month is like, wow, that's yeah. a lot of money. So it's about who you're hanging out with. Let's go back to that idea. And then, you know, raising your financial thermostat. That's why even when you are looking at making money, you need to be constantly growing and expanding and also being conscious of the fact that who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with the guys at the bar? You know, in, in the 
Or are you, you know, in you know, hanging around with you know groups or people you know online with reading books and expanding your mind? Yeah, in fact, that's probably been the biggest factor that's changed my financial destiny was the people I was hanging around with. But here's the other thing too: is that if we start looking at why people want to become wealthy, if you're raising money just to spend it, um, (laughs) you're you're always gonna you'll never get rich. But a thousand dollars will do, but you'll still be on that rat race. But if you're raising your money for for larger reasons, whether it's you know, contribution, legacy, um, stability um, for a goal that you want to do it. If you're looking at it in different ways, then all of a sudden it becomes a different way to, to create it. Well, I'm going to bring you back to this this example I've given you with this with this young mother. I think it's not just about that. For someone like her, um, it would be more, because as a mother, I that's my motivation. My most first and foremost motivation is my kids making sure they have, um, you know, they have the right education, the right environment to grow up in. And there are many factors for that. It depends on what your why is. Everyone's why is different. For me, it was my kids. And there was the reason why I was able to work and drastically change my circumstances were because my kids, I didn't want my kids to grow up in in the poverty um, area. My brother went off the rails because of it. had an example of my my brother going off to juvie. I didn't want my son or my daughter going there. Second one, I wanted her to private education. That was a, a non-negotiable for me. So I had to make the money. And thirdly, I wanted them to live in a nice home. So I had my why. Why did I want to make millions? Make sure my kids have a have a good, have a great um, education, have a great lifestyle. So, 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 so everyone needs shared, to figure out the why, right? You, you shared something interesting and and that why, yes, obviously that's an emotional reason, but mm-hmm. let, let's do let's do something interesting here that I think is going to be a big aha for a lot of people. Okay. So what does financial freedom look like for you? I think you just kind of defined it just now, right? Making, yeah, so have enough. Get yeah. doing this, get the kids doing that, help mm. me do this, blah, 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 blah. The reality is, is that's not financial freedom. I'm sorry, financial freedom is never an emotional experience. Okay? No, fi- no, 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 I'm saying that financial, being a millionaire, and so my okay. definition of being a millionaire, financial freedom are two separate there's two separate definitions. Okay, so making, what, what's your definition of financial freedom? Let's talk financial about freedom is, for me, would be making enough money through passive income, which takes care of my daily, um, daily um, day-to-day expenses, which would be okay. the rent of the mortgage, the cars, the lifestyle, and so forth. Well, that would be financial this, freedom. This is, this is really good because this is an important thing. Now, number one, your listeners here, write this down. A goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. So if we look at it, a goal that is specific and clear becomes attainable and near. There's actually several kind of, how do you call it, stages of financial freedom, if you will, maybe for Mm -hmm. lack of a better word. I'm not finding the word right now, but there's really four elements of it. So Mm -hmm. it's F-I, F-S, F-F, and Mm F-A. F-F stands for financial freedom. Financial freedom, as I mentioned, is never an emotional experience. In fact, it's an exact number. Mm. Now, you started something really, really interesting here. We talked about mortgage. We talk about your utilities. We talk about yep. your growth. Yep. Exactly. Blah, 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 All blah, of those. Blah. Yes, that's it. So, so, so my, for me, you know, I would, I, when I, sorry, just trying to explain, from my point of view, for financial freedom will be, and this is what I get my clients to do, is pick out a number and you work through, you don't pick it up randomly, you work through it. The kind of house I want to live in, the kind of cars I want to drive, the kind of vacations I want to have, da, 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 and have a monthly target. And so 20, 30, 40,000, and then I get them to double it for taxes for the rooms because hey, you so have taxes as well. You're, you're, I think you're, you're getting ahead on this though. Let's say, for example, your actual bills right now, hmm. let's say that they're around $5,000. Okay, okay, so you need to create $5,000 as passive income to become financially. That is correct. Yeah. You've hit it. 
Financial freedom is if you can make that amount of money without any kind of work or effort, you are financially free. Agreed, yes. But the reality now is you don't want to stop there. So these other things you're talking about are 40 or 50 and double it. Mm. That's now what we call your financial abundance number, Okay. right? That's where now you're actually able to live the life that you want. But if we look at this here, which is interesting, the top two is financial insecurity and financial security. Mm. You'll notice I've drawn a line there because these are the ones that are still attached to someone's job. Agreed. Yes. These are you. As soon as you you learn how to build it through systems, you're now entering this realm because you're replacing yourself as the as the breadwinner, so to speak. Right. The thing that's interesting about financial insecurity and financial security. Financial insecurity is where actually 60% of the United States is right now, maybe Mm. more. And these are people who, even their paychecks that they have, they do not have enough money to pay their bills. So they're always kind of, this month I won't pay that bill so I can pay this one. And next month I'll try and catch up, blah, 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 blah. There's always too much month at the end of the 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 week. But financial security, these are the paycheck to paycheck who have nothing left. Mm. But the reality is, is they're only one small accident away from having Back yes. to that security. Yeah. So if your kid needs braces, you need brakes on the car, uh, something unexpected happens, you need to take a trip to go to somebody's funeral or whatever, you're screwed that month. Yes. And so this line, like I said, we need to, to help people understand systems. So as we're talking about your daughter, and I'm going to come back to this in a minute because we're mm-hmm. out of sequence a little bit, mm-hmm. but she needs to learn how to get some systems going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, yes. let me share with you something that is, is also kind of interesting because we're talking a little bit in these laws that, again, if we follow the patterns that others do, if we see the systems that others do, we're going to be able to do it. Now, it's interesting because a lot of gurus that are out there right now are saying that if you can focus on your passion and your purpose, mm-hmm. you will become wealthy. And they always say this idea, oh, you know what? If you can find something you love to do, you can become extremely wealthy. Mm-hmm. Not true. Okay. In fact, Warren Buffett once said, what you love about you is your hobby. Mm. What others love about you is your business, right? That's a great statement as well. Yeah. And so it's interesting that if you can add, and this is for your daughter, take a look at the things you do love, but you need to find where they overlap the loves and passions of other people, Mm. especially those you want to serve. Mm. And then what happens is that this area in the the middle becomes your sweet spot. Yeah. You need to be able to identify that. So this is the first thing I'd have your daughter do is where is that sweet spot? How can I find it? Mm. And it's interesting that as we now, again, go back to Warren Buffett, he once said that making money is not like the Olympics. Mm. There's no extra points for level of difficulty. Mm. He talks about when he starts a business, he says, if we can find one inch hurdles, we'll climb over those all day long because Mm. they're easy. Mm. When you can find kind of what it is, that you know that you connect with with people it's easy because these people already resonate now i want to share with you another idea about that that we always think about customers being the ones that give us our exact money mm. so let me share with you this idea as well so when i was uh, 19 of course interviewing all these top business leaders i got really bit by the business bug i wanted to be a business owner i wanted to be an entrepreneur and so I had all these friends at the time that were millionaires and multimillionaires and even a few billionaires that had built businesses. And so I thought I'm going to pick their brain and I'm going to learn from them and I'm going to discover how to build these businesses. Anyways, I took this guy out for, for lunch, this one friend of mine uh, named Brian, and um, 
as I was sitting there, I said to him all eagerly, remember I was 19, so I thought I was smart. I said, um, how will I find my customers? How will I do the marketing? How will I figure out my demographics? How will I get the distribution? How will I expand this company? How will I get, and everything was like just shotgun at him like that, just machine gun rapid fire. He had hardly a chance to think. Finally, at the end, I could tell he was just kind of bored with me. And he said, um, and he kind of did this pose. He goes, I can tell you're going to start a really small company. And I was like, totally offended. A small company? What do you mean? I'm an entrepreneur. It's going to be the biggest thing ever. And he, he, again, barely changed his expression. He just looked at me and he said, no, you're going to start a small company. And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, well, it's because you're asking selfish questions. So here's the big lesson. You Mm -hmm. want to become rich. He said, don't ask the questions. How can I find my customers? Who are like, how can I um, do the marketing? How can I do this, do that, and the other? He said, you also got to find the people in this overlap that can be your support services. So in other words, who has your customers? Hmm. Not how can I find them? Who already has them? And so, you know, you might even be looking at your competitors. And, uh, you know, what I tell my students is you, you take the word compete like this and you don't go head to head with somebody who already has your customers. You look at how you can complete hmm. what they're doing. So in other words, what are they missing? What can you provide that's not there? And they already have your customers so they can sell a ton of them, right? So in other words, I don't go look for a thousand people to buy my stuff. I look who already has a thousand people that are ready to buy my stuff. Who, who's the one guy who has those people already? So I want to find that kind of stuff as well. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Now, here's another thing that I think is really interesting. If we're talking about all these strategies, right? And there's a lot of these things that we could talk about. It depends on how much time you've got. But I think that there's one other really big key that I found that is just incredible. If we think about, you know, prosperity consciousness, how it really works, mm-hmm. people have totally gotten this wrong. And now just maybe to give you a little bit of qualification of what qualifies me to speak about it, other than my bank statement. And by the way, your bank statement is always a report card of how well you understand this, mm-hmm. right? If you think you're smart, but you're broke, you're not very smart at all. You really don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal. Prosperity consciousness starts with an awareness. Yeah. So here's an idea. Here's a concept. Here's, uh, you know. So uh, using our, our, our lady in the example. So this mother has an idea to, I don't know, start a new legging company. Yeah. So 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 anyway, so she's got, again, the awareness that she could start a company. She's got yeah. an awareness that people have made money doing this kind of thing before. That's mm-hmm. the awareness. But what happens with prosperity consciousness is that awareness then falls into the next level of evaluation, if you will, which is our beliefs and values. Mm. If we really don't believe it, we really don't value it, that awareness never really translates into action because we only get action on things that we're emotionally connected to or Mm -hmm. that we believe are our values. Just look at somebody, if you get into a religious discussion and they don't agree with you, how passionate they get. Yeah. If you don't feel that same way about your wealth or the idea that you've got, if you really genuinely aren't excited about it, Mm. you won't do anything about it. Hmm. Right. You'll say there's lots of people in the world that are wealthy, good for them, and you'll go on doing what you do. Okay. But here's the deal is how do you now tell if someone really believes it and if they're really aware? It shows up in their behaviors. Hmm. Right. So th- this is it's funny. I just got off a 2016 tour with people from the movie The Secret. 
Mm. And everybody was always asking about money. I mean, let's be honest, that's something that's important to everybody. Of course it is. And, and there were so many, you know, answers that were given, you know, um, how do they say, uh, let go and let God. Mm. Total bullcrap. That's not how money is made, <laughs> right? And then there's also this idea that if you just vibrate at a frequency, it will show up. Well, not exactly. In fact, most of the time, the way that the law of attraction works isn't that you sit on your couch and go, mm, and the Ferrari pulls into your driveway. No. Most of the time, the way that it works is you resonate with something and then you see the opportunity and you move towards it. Of course. Right? You're the one you have, to take, you have to take action. You always, you know, it doesn't but, but, but this, this last part of it, it was interesting because as I did this tour with people with the secret, I, I, I just saw so much of this. I wrote a book called Millionaire Frequency. Mm. And Millionaire frequency has two parts. One, yes, it is getting into that right belief, mm -hmm. that right value system, having the awareness. But now we need to add to it frequency in terms of how often we are participating. Yes. And so it's not just affirmations that you need to share. You need to marry that to affirm actions. Mm. So in other words, we don't just say, oh, wow, you're good looking. You're rich. You're successful. You're going to, you know, everybody loves you. You now need to go into the real world and take an action that's going to make you rich, that's going to make you successful. You need mm -hmm. to tie that to these things. Now, by the way, back to this idea as well about who, right? Who will help you? You know, everybody always says that your network equals your net worth. Mm -hmm. But I want to share before it can ever become your net worth, your network must become your safety net. Mm -hmm. These are the people that are going to help you. They're going to answer your questions. Remember we said... It's not thinking outside the box. It's finding the right box to think in. Those are the people that are going to help you see what that box looks like. And there's two really important things that maybe we'll share there. One, you can't fake it till you make it. You might fool people who don't know any better that are below you Agreed. on the ladder of life, but you'll never fool the people above you. And Agreed. the people above you that you need their help, they will not risk their reputation to help a liar, a fraudulent person, a charlatan, or someone that's faking it to be Agreed. Right? Yes. The fake Gucci belts and the fake Rolexes do not fly from the people you need to help with. They will help those that are teachable and helpable. And by mm -hmm. the way, I might mention what's a big attribute for the wealthiest people that I know. I was once, um, and he's in my film, The Opus, with um, Bill Bartman. Bill started out on welfare and became the 25th wealthiest man in the United States. Mm -hmm. Look him up. He's featured on Forbes twice on the cover. Anyways, I was sitting with him one day and he was telling me that if he's, he finds that if he is the smartest person in the room, he is in the wrong room. I agree. This is, I've heard someone else say this as well. If you're the smartest person in the room, then you need to be in the wrong room. Yeah. And so we were talking about this and you know, what's interesting. We came up with, with an idea around how wealthy people are created. Here's my version of it, right? How do you tell the difference between someone who's stupid and someone who's tenacious when it comes to getting to a goal? I want you to imagine that there's two rooms that are next to each other with a wall down the middle. Mm -hmm. And you want to get from this room to that room. Mm -hmm. Well, the way most people do it is they come, they find the wall, and they bang their head against it, and it didn't get them to the other room. Mm -hmm. So a broke person, a stupid person, will sit there and he'll bang his head again. Mm -hmm. And he'll bang his head again. And he'll keep going to try and get into the same room. You've heard it. If you always do it, you've always done. You're always going to get what you've always got. Of course. So yes. They're going to keep banging their head. And if somebody comes over and says, listen, here, I can help you. They'll be like, no, 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 go away. I got it figured out. I know the answer and I'll do this on my own. Mm. Well, a wealthy person who's tenacious, they'll bang their head the same way at the beginning. They'll go, oh, that hurt, didn't work. 
most successful people have had multiple failures before they get to where they Agreed, agreed. <laughs> yes. As soon as somebody comes and says, you know what, I can show you a better way. Here is a door. Here is a window. Here's a way around. Mm. All of a sudden, that person, instead of banging their head again, they say, oh, show me. Mm. And so they're teachable. They will go with that person, right? Being teachable is key. Yes. Network becomes your safety net, someone who can teach you, and then you become net worth. Now, let me just share, again, a a real-life example of this, okay? Um, Way back in the day, some of you might remember, before slick, beautiful cell phones like this came out, they had these big bricks. Oh, I remember those. (laughs) Back in 1998. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And you know what? This probably happened around that time, too. Uh, I had just gotten my first cell phone. I had made my my first million, I was actually on it by then I was actually on my fourth or fifth million. So I'd made quite a bit of money by then. And, um, I was interested to, to get involved in a commercial real estate deal. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's ever done a commercial real estate deal, you will know that the transactions take, take much longer than a residential property. Sometimes there's zoning questions. There's all kinds of other questions that are there, whatever. And so, um, my lawyer was handling this. I, you know, we were going on to like the fourth or fifth month on this deal but I thought I had lots of time. So I said, I'm going to go on a quick little holiday with my girlfriend. And um, so I used to live in Belgium. So we decided we'd go to Antwerp. Mm-hmm. So I hopped on an airplane and I flew all the way from my city and I landed in Brussels. And then all of a sudden, as I got off the plane, heading towards where the luggage carousel was, my big cell phone bzz, bzz, did this crazy, whatever it was, ringtone kind of buzz that I had voicemail. So I said, oh, so I listened to it. And it was my lawyer. He said, you know what? They just had a second offer on this property. You need to come in right away uh, and call me. So I called him and I said, hey, I'm in Belgium right now. I can't come in. He goes, well, you know what? You've got 48 hours to transfer some money and to sign some documents or you're going to lose this deal. And this was prior to DocuSign and the internet. Like, like, this was old school. So I was like, what? There's no way I can come back. This is crazy. I'm like at the luggage carousel. I haven't even left the airport. He goes, well, I guess then you're going to lose the deal. I'm like, no, wait, 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 wait. I'm going to call some friends. Remember, my network equals my safety net. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call some friends and see a way to solve this. He goes, okay, call me back as soon as you got some ideas. So anyways, I hopped on the phone and I called up one of my friends immediately. His first thing to say was, well, I guess you got to hop back on a plane and come home. Um, maybe put your girlfriend in the hotel, give her uh, some money for the spa. She'll be fine. I'm like, that's not an option. That's not an option. So I'm like, this sucks. Okay, let me call somebody else. I call somebody else. And he's like, well, I guess his, his answer was even worse. He's like, I guess um, you just got to let the deal go. There's many more deals like this. You'll make more money somewhere else. Don't worry about it. Let it go. I'm like, <laughs> I was about to swear. I said, forget that. Other effort is what I was going to say. Forget that. <laughs> Hang up on him. Anyways, I finally then called another friend of mine. He says, oh, man. And by the way, this was an older gentleman. He was about 87 at the time. He's now passed away. And um, as I called him, here's here's the other thing you got to write down for your network. Network equals safety net. Old eyes see best. Mm. Older people. Old eyes yeah, see experience. best. Yeah, experience. There's no, there's no compromise. There's no compensation so, for experience. So I got him on the phone, and I, I say to him, this is my problem. I don't know what to do. And he goes, Easy easy. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, is there a fax machine nearby? It's like fax machine. So I look and I see there's a car rental place. There. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I go to the lady as I'm on the phone. Have you got a fax machine? She goes, yes, I do. I go, excellent. He goes, here's what you do. Take a sheet of paper. I want you to take the pen that's there. 
Mm-hmm. And simply write to your lawyer that you give me authority to act as your agent in proxy on your behalf. Fax it to him. Mm-hmm. So I said, you're a lawyer, so you know how this can work. I sent that there, sent it through saying, I give my friend the opportunity to be my agent. He represents me now and he can sign documents on my behalf. And then he says, um, great. And I go, but what about the amount of money that I need to transfer? And I'll be honest, it was not a little bit of money. It was around $3 million. Mm-hmm. You know what this friend said to me? He said, I'll take care of it. You can pay me back when you get home. Enjoy your vacation. So your network becomes your safety net. Not only will they solve problems for you and give you ideas that you never experienced before, but they'll sometimes help pull you out of a jam. Because he knew that just one simple letter takes care of it all. Send a Mm. fax to the guy and it's done. And the thing that I think is so interesting about our discussion around making money, back to this idea is that I think so many people try to do it on their own. They hear mm. this idea that if it's meant to be, it's up to me. It's total bullcrap. It's total bullcrap. The reality is, if you look at anybody who's ever achieved anything significant in their life, it's always been a team. Mm. When somebody goes up on the stand and they accept that Academy Award for the movie they made, they didn't write the screenplay. They weren't running the camera. They didn't do the hair and makeup department. They, didn't, they just showed up and they were an actor, but they couldn't have done it alone. Mm -hmm. Or uh, one of my friends is an Olympic medalist. He won a a silver medal for speed skating. When I talked to him, yes, it was him standing on the podium, getting that. But it was a team effort. His family was there. His coaches were there, his nutritionists, his sponsors, everybody. So here's the deal. Instead of if it's meant to be, it's up to me. If you want to become really wealthy, if it's meant to be, it starts with you. But the minute that you limit it to you is the minute that you've limited your income. I agree. And so even if we look at your daughter, One of the biggest things I think she needs to do is she needs to start connecting with wealthy people who if she's going to open a company that starts leggings, she needs to now start associating with people who are interested in that same subject or have Mm -hmm. experience in it or have done it. Now, here's something interesting. Um, We do a cruise every year for our students, right, where we take them on a nice trip and everybody comes and it's fun. And um, we've, we've had people that have literally on that boat been able to connect with big people uh, who've answered questions, given them money, even gone on their board of directors. In fact, one of my friends uh, who is um, uh, the CEO of Southwest Airlines, which is a big one in Canada or in mm-hmm. the United States, rather, um, he joined the board of directors of these two young entrepreneurs. Now, let me ask you this. When you get someone like that associated with you, how easy is it to raise money? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a piece of it, right? Yeah, it is. And it's not just raising money. I think that the, the, the benefit of them is learning from their experience and, and having that mentor on demand. 100%. 100%. So the, the thing that I think is, is, is really an important mission that so many people forget when it comes to building wealth. Wealth is really a result of the team that you've created. Right. So that, that's the, really yeah. it. Mm. That's really it. Because the reality is, again, if you're trying to do it all by yourself, you're always going to struggle. But if you surround yourself with people who know what they're doing, uh, they'll open doors for you. In fact, here's the thing. If you look at even my wealth, the majority of the opportunities that I've ever been exposed to uh, have always come from someone in my network, mm. right? If, if, if we look at the way that I solve problems and even the thinking that I had, I wasn't given this from my parents because they wonderful people that they were, they were heavily involved in the poverty pattern. My father worked in construction. My mom babysat kids in the home. They struggled right? I had hand-me-downs that I was wearing even into high school. So as soon as I shifted my network to be people who not just had the answers and the vision, but they had the correct strategy. In fact, mm-hmm. here's something else I'll also tell you. And, and this is maybe something to think about too. 
is there's really, um, how do I even word this? Uh, all success and wealth require two things. There's two things that are required. Okay. One of them is the correct strategy. Mm-hmm. I can give that to you. I can tell you exactly what to do. I can t- show you many more diagrams and heck we could have like the stuff I'm teaching now. We've got uh, trainings that we do that sometimes are a whole week mm-hmm. where we show people how to make money. And by the end of it, they're making money. Mm-hmm. So I can give you the correct strategy. That's the easy part. Mm-hmm. That's number one. But number two is what we call the willingness factor. Mm. And that's more important, I think. Yeah. And if you think about what the willingness factor really is, is, you know, I mean, it's a continuum as well. Everything in life is a continuum. I'm going to draw a little chart. You, we always love my diagrams, right? So <laughs> we love your diagrams. Factor. This yeah. is the willingness factor, right? And at the low end, there's always less money here, less opportunity. The relationships are poor. Everything is here. If you think about it, if you've ever had somebody who has a really low willingness, mm. you know, they have to do something, but they don't want to. They dig in their heels. Think of like a teenager. Clean mm. your room. And they're like, do I have uh. to? And they will, but they'll fight you the whole time, right? If you think about it, that person never has more customers or more money connections or whatever. Nobody wants to give them opportunities because it always looks bad. And then the relationships, who wants to have a relationship with a person that's always difficult, right? So at that low level, there's nothing there. Even if you give that person the best strategies in the world, you know, no kidding. I've even had people that we've literally given opportunities that all they had to do was insert a couple of coins and all of a sudden they've got tons of money because it's just, it's such an easy opportunity, right? We've got these Mm. all the time. Making money is the easiest thing in the world, Mm. but the willingness factor was not there with these people. So they didn't do anything about it. I love that. Or they did it grudgingly. Now get this here. Let's get, let's, let's share something really valuable for your people. Um, Now going from doing a poor job to a good job, people would think that doing a good job in willingness, that gives you a lot. Well, the reality is that gives you average, Mm -hmm. right? Lots of people are doing a good job in life and average never, ever creates extraordinary Mm -hmm. average. extraordinary. In fact, I do, I do martial arts. Like I, I practice mixed martial arts and uh, I had somebody ask me one time, how long does it take the average person to get a black belt? Do you know what my answer is? Mm. Average people don't get black belts. <laughs> and that's actually the right answer. It is. Yes. It is the right answer. And same thing with how long does it take the average person to become a millionaire? Well, average people never become millionaires, mm. right? They just never will. And so this idea of doing good is not enough. Well, the next level up that we often hear about is what we call going the extra mile. Mm. The reality is, is going the extra mile isn't even all the way. Mm. Because the reality is, is most people who go the extra mile generally don't do it all the time. They only do it when, say, for example, this teenager again who has to clean his room. If he goes the extra mile and he tidies and and, and organizes his, say, sock drawer and his T-shirts and stuff. Well, that's wonderful. But he was invited to do that. He didn't come up with it on his own. Mm. And it's something that he's just following what he's been instructed to do. So the reality is if we really want to get to that highest level, you've got to go beyond that. And that's a very proactive approach. You're now doing things without being asked mm-hmm. and also doing things and anticipating problems before they occur. In fact, mm-hmm. if we're looking even at millionaires and wealth, um, you know, broke people solve the problems that are sort of in their life and are assigned to them. Mm-hmm. But millionaires solve problems that they never created, mm-hmm. problems that are beyond them. Right. And by the way, this is why also the gurus who say you need to avoid toxic people, they're completely incorrect in saying that. Because in my interviews of all the 400 of the world's top achievers, the reality is, is top achievers don't run from problems or from problem people. Mm. They learn how to manage them better. 
Mm. And the other thing is, and by the way, I'm not saying don't run from an abuser. That's different than a toxic person. Mm. But because the gurus have talked so much about this flee from toxic people, most people who encounter someone that makes them stretch or causes mm. them a little bit of uh, in- introspection, or maybe they got to fight their ego a bit. Well, also, that's a toxic person. Mm. And they flee from them and they minimize themselves rather than expand who they are. They stay in the comfort zone. They don't don't, don't want to expand up. By the way, comfort zone is another question. We'll talk about that later. Um, The reality is, is your comfort zone is a farce. What you want to do is get into your brilliance zone, not get outside of your comfort zone. We'll talk about that later. But this idea of toxic people, there's really only two kinds of toxic people. There's a critic and a complainer. And a complainer Mm -hmm. is somebody who, you know, the weather sucks. The sports team sucks. This sucks. That sucks. And the reality is if you're not anchored in what you really want, if you're an average person, you will subscribe to that complaint. Yeah. You will, you will like, subscribe, follow. You'll do it all, right? You'll get engaged. And that never produces anything because excuses never create. Excuses never create. Mm. Turn on doing nothing is always nothing. Mm-hmm. The reality is, is a person who's a critic, you know, they sometimes do come to the table with good things to say. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to hear it. They're not mm-hmm. a great communicator. Your ego is so high. And so you say, oh, they must be toxic. I can't listen. We were talking in the last little podcast about when I went through the toy phase and spent all kinds of money needlessly. Mm. I would be broke today if it wasn't for someone who was a critic that came and told me I better grow up and start acting like an adult and spending my money differently, right? Had it Mm. not been for that rescue, I would have been broke. So let's go back to this for a minute. Okay, so we need those people. We need to expand who we are. and We need to be willing to listen to even hard moments. Right. Same in a relationship. If you're not willing to have a hard conversation with your spouse from time to time, they won't be around very long. Period. Agreed. Agreed. Right. So here's here's something interesting about willingness. Okay. If we get to that high end. Now, willingness, this is where there is the most money. There is tons of money there. There are also tons of opportunities, and the relationship qualities are always much, much higher at that end. Mm-hmm. Now, this is someone again that's proactive. So let's do a little experiment. If I've got any husbands that are listening there, I encourage you to try this. I want you today to go and start folding the laundry without talking to your wife about it or asking or anything. Just start doing it. Okay. And then when you're done that, sweep or mop a floor, uh, then get the kids ready for bed and start cooking dinner or whatever. Do it all without asking and watch what the rewards are. (laughs) I'm telling you, it works. Because, it works in every category. It does. It does. I'm telling you, and it works for wealth too. When you start doing this in your business and for your customers and for other people, um, the rewards show up. Yeah. But it's you've got to show up without being invited. You've got to do and do what you know needs to be done. You've got to solve problems before they're mentioned. You've got to like you've got to really start being observant. And I find that back to prosperity consciousness, that awareness grows mm-hmm. as you start becoming aware of what needs to be done you'll start doing it. And, um, you know, I I know in our last training, we talked a lot about systems and stuff. Heaven knows, you know, I mean, we could go on forever and ever and ever. We need to bring this around (laughs) because. But but as you understand systems that create wealth and Mm -hmm. you start also on the willingness, like when you have the correct strategy married with that willingness factor, you can't help but become wealthy. You can, you you can create systems to, to, yeah, literally to create the wealth on demand 
Um, and so pretty much you can remove yourselves from the, from the different elements of the business. I don't, I don't subscribe to the idea that you can, any business is completely passive. I think there's some element of involvement in all, but not day-to-day maybe, and maybe not as much. Well, so it, like, it, it depends again. And I, I kind of not, I'm, I'm not sure that I agree with you on that because the reality is, is all businesses to some degree can be passive. The only thing that's going to be there is, is again, some level of uh, leadership or management. That, well, that's what I meant. There has to be Until something Until you there. hire a leader or a manager. So I've got, I've got like, let's just take, for example, real estate, okay? Mm-hmm. So I've got uh, a real estate company. We've got a variety of residential properties that are there. When I first started, I did manage some of the properties, and I was the guy that collected rent. And if there was a problem with the furnace or the toilets or whatever, I would have to go and hire someone to do that. Mm-hmm. But now what I've done is I've hired a management company. Mm-hmm. And so they do all of it. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that I actually have to worry about with that company is getting a check and depositing it. Right. But I've, I've put in that company to manage it. Now you can hire managers or leaders for your business. In fact, I've got a friend that owns, I think it's around seven coffee shops now in our city. Well, he hired a CEO to run that company. And each one of those stores has a manager that in charge of their own thing. So what is it? Probably 99% of the year he's on holidays somewhere. Mm. (laughs) Right. Interesting. Even as a friend, I don't get to see him very often because he's out doing something. I have to go to him somewhere. But like I I bumped into him in Mexico one time, didn't even know he was there at the time. It was hilarious. But, you know, you can make almost any business passive. Okay. Right. Okay. So Some some are obviously easier to do, but everyone can be done. Okay. Well, that is on that note, are we going to do a wrap? Um, coming back to I don't think you fully were able to answer the question about the steps but I think for that we're going to have to call you back and have another call um, love for, to do it well hopefully yeah, it was valuable anyway this was fun. incredibly valuable that's why I didn't interrupt you because everything you've mentioned today has been an eye-opener for myself too and I'm absolutely 100% sure the audience is going to love this episode and it's been one of the longer ones but it's been such an interesting conversation that I didn't want to stop you or interrupt you in between because Everything you said had value and there was a logical reason behind it. And I think that the, if somebody can implement some of the strategies just mentioned in today's episode and especially on the one Friday as well, you know, talk about systems and stuff. I think you, you may, you're well on your way to building wealth rather than just an income. And I think that's a big distinction to have and be aware of as well. Well, thank you so much, Doug, for being such an interesting and such a, um, I, you know, giving us an experience, eye-opening experience. Tell us, how can we connect with you? How can we learn more from you? Well, I think what we'll do is kind of like what we said in the other one. Let's invite everybody to the Facebook group, Predictable Millionaire. And basically, as we said last time, uh, after my interviews with 700 mil- millionaires, uh, this is where we share a lot of the information. It's free. So you just type in predictable millionaire into Facebook and then request to be added to the group. We'll add you there. And then once you're there, obviously you can connect with us with all the other things that we're doing. So that's probably the easiest. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, we will include the link to the book uh, that group on the show notes. And if you're watching this on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have more links to Doug's, his websites and the Facebook group as well. Go check him out. He's amazing. And he's someone that you can sit down and have an amazing conversation with. And I hope to continue that further with him as well. Well, thank you so much, Doug. We have to have you back on my talk is hopefully in the next few months when your schedule opens up again. And but thank you for being such an amazing guest today. Thanks. Now go make some money.
<laughs> Thank you so much for listening to me and Doug today on Money Talkies. I will be back on another episode and um, picking the brains of another amazing guest, asking them how you and I can build better businesses and attract better abundance or more abundance into our life. Until the next time we meet, this is Golkan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.golkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Gul Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.